some like regular conversation between you and your beautiful like beautifully bearded person friend i want to say that's that's oh yeah that's it my beautifully bearded friend (laughs) william yeah look i'll be honest there i happened post on instagram where i seen him without the beard and i'm gonna say this he needs to have the beard on that's what Uh, i will say his beard was majestic Dude, you're telling me, I, I, I usually don't talk to him for a couple of days when he shaves it, and he, he never tells me when he's going to do it, so he just shows up, and it's can't not there. can't make eye contact with him, you know? You can't, you can't look at his face and be like, dude, what is that? <laughs> Disappointment. Dude, What is up, guys? This is the PT Lens Podcast. What's going on? What's going on? Before we started, we were having some talks about uh, being meditation coaches. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Exactly. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to put up a poll, and I want you guys to vote as whose voice sounds better across the platform right now. (laughs) And that person will be compensated fairly by our guest today. And I'd ask you to think very carefully about your answer. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, we got a really amazing guests on the episode today uh dalton thanks so much for coming on man appreciate it no thanks for having me guys i'm super excited to uh dive into it and i get to listen to these beautiful voices for 45 minutes to an hour he's so lucky he's so lucky (laughs) (laughs) there you go man so yeah let's kick this off by just telling us a little bit about yourself about where you came from what your experience has been like over the past few years Go go back yeah. in the day. Go back in the day. When you started with school, go go. We want to know everything. All right, all right. So yeah, my name's Dalton. Um, I uh, by trade, I guess I'm a physiotherapist. Um, I uh, started my physiotherapy career at Western University, which I attended um, back in 2016. Um, well, I was. Doing that is where I met uh, my beautifully bearded friend, William, and now one of uh, my business partners. Um, So we decided during school that um, we wanted to launch an Instagram page. I think back at that time, um, you know, there wasn't too many people that were um, that were doing an Instagram page like there's some some of the big names that still kind of hang around now like strength coach therapy movement maestro uh, PT pinecast like those those people but there wasn't a whole lot of content being put out on uh, Instagram so um, we decided that we wanted to dive into that space um, and start to uh, post some content and that's kind of what led us to starting the movement um, Instagram page which like now we look at it um, it's a business that we run um, today. It's a physical clinic, uh, which we're super stoked about. Uh, We opened in 2020. Um, We have one main location in Hamilton, uh, more specifically Dundas. And then we have um, a second location with what, which is within a CrossFit gym um, in Brantford. And so that's kind of how it's expanded there's a there's a lot of fun stuff in between there which i'm sure we'll we'll dive into um with uh with some fun questions from you guys so first thing i want to ask is when you guys first decided to start up the instagram page what was like your, i know you wanted to dive into the space but like what were you guys thinking in terms of like what direction you guys wanted to head in was there something in particular 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, what the initial like driver of it was is we felt like in school we weren't necessarily getting the best um, education around like exercise. I know you guys, obviously, having gone through physio school, like a small portion of what we learn is actually how to like prescribe exercises, and we felt like there was more. Um, that could be done in that realm. And so we felt like we wanted to start to post content um, from that perspective, which is is kind of what we started with. Like we started posting a lot of like exercises and different variations of things and stuff that, you know, we felt like would be helpful for rehab that was coming more, I guess, from like a strength and conditioning background, both, you know, Will and myself were, were into exercising and, um, you know, I had some background in that space as well. So that's kind of like what the initial, um, page was put out for but as we started posting content and started to connect with other clinicians that were like currently in practice and learn a little bit more about um, the space which eventually led to to our podcast we realized there was a lot more that like our profession was doing like currently in practice that we weren't getting taught in school and that really like let us down like you know, a little bit of a, a rabbit hole around like, you know, pain science. And we learned, you know, you know, more about different models of, of care outside of just like the biomechanical model. And um, I think that really led us to want to like post content around that kind of stuff as we were, we were learning it ourselves and kind of just share it with um, people who, who are following us. And, and that kind of just developed over the course of the, the years that we were putting out content. That's awesome. I think uh, one of the things that I'm still kind of battling with is this idea of like strength and conditioning quite a bit. So I'm like diving into that science so much more because if I'm sitting here saying, oh, do three sets of eight to 12 reps for whatever exercise. Like, am I even considering the tissue changes that I'm aiming for? Like, what's the science behind that? Is it something that I just remember from school? Um, so I can completely understand the motive as to why you're providing that information because that that definitely was a gap from my experience as a learning physio at the time. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's a it's a common gap in, in the space and like you know, it's funny now now I look at like the type of content that we put out and the things that we we kind of talk about and you know the the podcast and what it's it's shifted to and um, it's changed a bit and now we don't we definitely we don't really post as much content around like um, you know exercise specific stuff because there's a lot of people on Instagram that are like doing like a much much better job than us at that and we're we're learning from them and it, we just kind of over the years saw like where our role kind of developed and what we wanted to get across and I think it's kind of shifted over over the years as well so um, we're we're no longer the uh, the exercise guys anymore i hear that what, so um, now that you're not the exercise guys where do you derive your ideas for content like is it just gaps that you identify in the space is it new literature where do you come up with that new content that you want to put in the space yeah it's a good question i think it, there's like two places like the uh, the instagram page kind of transition more to us like we we tend to take a little bit more of like a simplified approach to how we like 
post content educate around like, you know, tendon related injuries or like pain or back pain or, um, you know, those different types of things that you and I will educate clients on, on a consistent basis. Like we started to like post more content around that, like specifically was directed a little bit more to other clinicians. Like we wanted other clinicians to come onto our page and see like these different ways of how we would talk about tissue tolerance lines and how we talk about tendon related injuries and the different factors that go into that stuff and provide like kind of simple, good looking content for people to consume or even use themselves to like educate their clients. Um, I would say now because like the movement itself transitioned away from like an Instagram page and more to like an actual physical brand. And now we have a clinic where we're trying to, you know, communicate to a certain audience and um, reach a certain demographic of individual. Like we, we pivoted our, our main page Instagram content more to speak to those individuals. So kind of putting them at the center of the story and kind of what we want them to understand about physio and rehab and what it's like to work with our clinicians at the movement and that's kind of where our instagram page like the movement pts is kind of gone it still has that education feel to it like we still want to post like good looking content that's simple that kind of teaches you different principles of rehab um, but it's more speaking to um, the clients versus like clinicians if that if that makes sense that does make sense i I kind of um like i can i don't know perhaps can speak on this too but like when we started our podcast too we were kind of stuck between the two in terms of who we want to talk to more do we want to talk to the audience more like the clientele kind of situation like do we want to give information to them or do we want to provide a platform where people like clinicians could learn from us too it's always tough to kind of figure out in this space i think And I think sometimes you don't necessarily need to know right away, right? Like, I think that kind of thing gets people really caught up from actually like starting something that they want to do. Um, You know, we just started one way and we started to post content, connect with people, even just reflect on like what we wanted to get out of our Instagram page or our business or the podcast, like as we were going and it's kind of evolved over time. And what I have found is that it's allowed us to kind of like you know, figure out where do we actually want to go. And a lot of doors and opportunities have opened up, which have led us to like pivot more specifically, which I don't know if we would have gotten there if we wouldn't have gone through the process of like, oh, maybe we don't want to just keep posting like exercise videos, not that they aren't valuable, but maybe it's not exactly the route that we want to go to have the impact we want to have. And then you can always just kind of pivot off of that. Yeah. So is that the same route you you took with the podcasting too? Like you started talking about more exercise based things. And after that, you switched over to just having a place where clinicians can learn from is your Instagram sort of reflective of what what content someone would expect from your podcast? I think the podcast has always been a little bit different that the I think the the idea of it is is similar to our main page. But Will and I were were uh, bigger podcast consumers at the time when we launched a podcast, which would have been like our second year of physio school. And, um, Will and I would usually get together and have coffee and kind of rant about 
the profession and things that we thought, you know, we would like to see be better and things that we thought were going really well or, um, you know, w- whatever that may be. And, and that was like kind of a, the reason we started the podcast. We're like, hey, why don't we just start recording these and then we can use this as an opportunity to reach out to other clinicians in the space that are doing like really cool things. And our motto at that time was always like, we wanted to bridge the gap between what we were learning in school and what was actually having, what was actually happening in clinical practice. And that's kind of how we moved the podcast forward is we would just reach out to like other people on Instagram or other clinicians or people that we really thought would be cool to learn more from. And we would have them on to kind of discuss like what they were doing or how they were approaching care and how that might be different from like what we were learning in physio school and it kind of started to develop this this platform where we were able to like connect with a bunch of cool people which selfishly was was super awesome and then um you know other people wanted to tune in and, and listen as we had some coffee infused conversations yeah well, it started from like regular conversation between you and your beautiful like beautifully bearded person friend i want to say that's that's what oh I'm yeah saying, that's right? it my beautifully bearded friend <laughs> william yeah Look, I'll be honest, there I have been post on Instagram where I seen him without the beard, and I'm gonna say this. He needs to have the beard on. That's what uh, I will say. His beard was majestic. Dude, you're telling me I, I, I usually don't talk to him for a couple of days when he shaves it and he, he never tells me when he's gonna do it, so he just shows up and it's can't not make there. eye contact with him, you know. You can't you can't look at his face and you're like, dude, what is that? <laughs> Disappointment. I, dude, legit. And, and he hasn't, he hasn't had, he used to have a beard that was like way more than probably what you guys have seen recently. He used to have it like down to his chest. It was, it was something else. Yeah. But he he hasn't gone that route in a while. So fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Before I got distracted by his beard, uh, what I was trying to say was um, one of the things that I'm appreciating about what you're saying is that. You're trying to, I don't know if this is by design, but it, it feels like you guys have cultivated like an ecosystem of like services, right? So you started off with this Instagram page and it branched off into podcasts that kind of sp- like relates to the Instagram page, but does different things too. And then the clinic opened up that echoes the same kind of message, but goes more so towards the clients. One of the things that we saw on your Instagram then on the Movement PTs page um, was that you guys are going to now offer some mentorship services um would you want to tell us more about that yeah for sure and i think like i appreciate you you know saying like oh it looks like you're trying to develop some type of ecosystem that's definitely what we're trying to do now but it wasn't always like the it wasn't always that nicely packaged you know like i think one thing i i like to always encourage people who want to you know, innovate or pursue something new, like a podcast, like what you guys are doing or, you know, Instagram page or their own business is like, you need to, you need to think about it. You need to have an idea. You need to have some goals, but um, if you feel like it's something you really want to do, you need to just start creating it because like where we are now with like the movement physio and performance as like a physical clinic was just like something that developed out of us starting to post content on Instagram. And we started to really think about, well, how do we want to show up as clinicians and what do we value and how do we want to spend the rest of our careers? And we started to get like really comfortable with what that was for us. And then we started to realize like, okay, well, if this is what we want, we need to go find a place that does that. 
well, if there's no place that really does that for us, maybe we need to start doing it. And then that's what led us to, you know, launching the, the, the business, the physical business itself, which then you start doing the business and, you know, we've developed over the years, like the mission and vision of the movement is, is very like clear to us now where like, you know, the vision for our, our company is like to change the way people view and consume healthcare. And then the mission on a day-to-day basis is to empower people to take control of their health. And so when we know those things, then everything we build off of that, um, whether that be the podcast, whether that be the content we put out, whether that be the mentorship that we'll talk about, um, those things are all being used to drive forward that vision and that mission, which wasn't the main driver when we first started. And I think a lot of people get caught up with that and they're like, Oh, I need to have this like perfect idea. And it's like, that's not the way that it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, not I at love, all. I love the idea that you said about having the mission, you know, because I think people start overthinking when they're like, Oh, I want to launch my own thing. They think they need to have like every single answer and every single, like all the semantics, all the strategy, every single thing mapped out. When, as long as you have that mission statement, like I want to help blank, achieve or learn blank right after that you just start to do things and then fill in the gaps through you know learning from what you do right like i'm sure you had some podcast episodes where you said you know what i really like that piece of what we talked about we that that needs to be talked about more that's that's more of our mission so we need to you know, really zero yeah. in on that and that's I'm, something yeah. that we got to like when we started I'm going to definitely piggyback off of that. I think that's a great point. Um, right. One of the things that I'm listening to, though, is the fact that, like, yeah, like, it, it was not, like, by design that you're creating this ecosystem. But I think the podcast is such an effective tool for you to kind of constantly revisit and identify the strengths and the gaps in your field. And mm-hmm. once you keep talking about that over and over again, that kind of aligns up the vision that you and your partner have together to kind of branch off and try to do something that you identify as a gap that you feel like you can fulfill through your services. So then that turns into something physical. And then it keeps branching that way based on your execution of reps and constant kind of conversation over coffee. Totally, dude. And and that's a a great point. And I mean, that's kind of why you just need to start taking action and creating and doing things because a lot of it will you know be based off that and you'll see that there's there's gaps in the in the the field or there's problems that need to be solved and you know that's what entrepreneurship is or innovation is it's like you're you're solving a problem that maybe hasn't been solved yet or maybe there's a new way that you can help solve that problem and i think that's like how things have developed and that's what developed into the mentorship like we've been doing the podcast since we were in physio school and obviously now we're moving through our careers and you know we're we're going on being like five years out of school. So we've developed and changed and learned a lot over those periods of time, which is why the podcast has developed and changed as well. And I think we've started to realize like, oh, okay, if we look back on where we were, you know, five years ago as new grads, um, here are some things that we're doing right now that we feel like if we would have had the awareness or we're doing these things early on, that it would have been way better for our careers. And so a lot of what the mentorship is, is us taking those things that we struggled through or learned or developed ourselves and now trying to provide that for new grads who are coming out, which if we look back to like changing the way people view healthcare or consume it, that doesn't just go for the clientele, it goes for like our actual profession as well. So we wanna change the way that people view the role of a physiotherapist and what we're able to do as clinicians, which includes like talking to 
to new grad students and showing them that, hey, you have a lot more opportunity here than you may think, and here's how we did it, and here's some things that we've learned. Now, maybe it'll be valuable to you. And that's kind of what drove the mentorship. So, like, just to understand the mentorship a little better, like, you're targeting, from what it sounds like, the new grads, mostly. Um, like, who would you say the mentorship yeah, is? Yeah, I, I would say, for? like, I would say, like, you know, new grad, like first year kind of out to, you know, the, the one to five year mark is probably like a really good, um, you know, demographic to hit because like you're, you're just coming into the profession or you've been doing it for a little bit and you've seen some of the things that we talk about in the, in the way that we have gone about, um, maybe fixing that or not necessarily fixing it, but looking at it from a different perspective, it it makes it a lot easier for that individual to go then implement some of the things we talk about in the mentorship into practice. But we know we've had some people in our mentorship, like in our last cohort that were out longer than five years. I've talked to people who, who haven't joined a cohort yet, but are like are nine years out. So like there's different variety of people, but I would say one to five years is probably more of that sweet spot. Okay. Let's say for example, I signed up for this, like, okay, let, like if I sign up for this, how does this work? Yeah, so what the mentorship is, it's a, it's a 12-week mentorship, and it basically has six modules, and we we have both like uh, like a PDF or like an ebook that you'll get, as well as like a recording of Will and I talking over um, that ebook to elaborate further on the content in that module. Um, and so we take everyone through six modules across the course of the mentorship, and then each week, at the end of that ebook and that video module, we do, uh, we call it a coffee chat, but it's basically like a Zoom chat where everyone in the mentorship comes together and we talk about obviously what we went through in that week's module. But Will and I have also created different like exercises that we take you guys through within the actual Zoom call. So we'll have people go in breakout rooms and whatnot to drive home some of the learning points that you guys would have went through in that module. And then after that, we have you guys actually go into practice the next week and implement some of the things um, that we call it like homework or tangible things that you would go and implement in your practice to get some feedback on so we can talk about it the next week. So it's a little bit of like theory based with also having you like go and implement these strategies to get feedback so we can talk about it um, across the course of, of that mentorship. Um, yeah. And we can talk a little bit more about the content specifically. That's what that, I was going to ask next. Yeah. I was going to be like, okay. Yeah, is it just I'm clinically in. or is it just so, is it business too? Like how, what's yeah. the uh, focus? So the idea of it is like we're not – we're not teaching you how to do a squat. We're not teaching you how to do like a a movement assessment. Um, it's not focused on that. Like there's some people in the space right now that absolutely dominate that, that realm. And like we refer people to go, you know, if you want to learn anything about like assessing, implementing exercise and like movement screens and all that stuff, like go see Andy Chen. He's, he's our guy. Um, he has Mm -hmm. a great, he has a great mentorship that does that. I'm actually in his mentorship right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's a legend. So like, we're not trying to we're not trying to do that, but um, you know what we are more focused on is um, highlighting a lot of the skills that like aren't touched on in school. So for example, like the first module that we take you through is we call it overcoming imposter syndrome, and so just like I talked 
before about the importance of knowing, you know, your vision, your mission, your standards, how you want to show up as a clinician, what you really value in some physios, what you may not value in other physios. Like we take you through that whole process to create what we call your own super physio because you are your own super physio. There's no such thing as this perfect physio who has all these tools and can do all these different skills that are going to be able to help everyone um, that we're all trying to attain when we get out of school you you are that individual you just need to figure out like you know what it is you want who you want to see how you want to show up what your standards are so we take everyone through that to like really get a good base of how you want to be as a clinician and then after that we take you through things like how you set up and get the most out of like your initial assessment. So we take you through all the the steps that and frameworks that we use here at the movement for our initial assessments with clients. Um, you know how we follow up with them. What are the three step frameworks we use to deliver like and communicate an effective plan. So we're really taking you through the that side of working with clients, not like, hey, this is how you load a patellar tendinopathy um, to get someone back to squatting heavy. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty solid, man. I think that fills in a lot of the gaps, like you were saying. Um, I think it focuses on what the new grad actually is experiencing, because mm-hmm. I feel like when you come out of school, you need some time to apply all the content and you know knowledge that you learn. But what's really happening in real time is, shit, I don't know if I'm hitting all the points in that initial assessment. Like, did I did I really get the most thorough interview I could have? And, you know, that's not something that's anatomy-based or, or whatever. We need to really lock in on what's going on like, in the moment. And then, obviously, the imposter syndrome thing. Like, that's that's something a lot of us go through, right, when we first graduate. So. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I think is, you, you know, you have a lot of the skills. You've learned a lot of the skills. But what we struggled with the most was having, like, a framework for putting it in place and then being able to consistently do that with, like, every client, you know, that we see. So, you know, we give you, like we talk about our three-step process for delivering a plan that we literally deliver every single time to every client that we see because the framework is the, the plan's going to change, but the framework won't. So for example, like, you know, when someone comes in and, you know, I'm seeing them and they're dealing with, let's say a knee pain and they want to get back to running, you know, every single time after we've gone through, you know, the initial assessment and, you know, now we're, we're wrapping up that point, I'll sit down and on the whiteboard, I'll write out our plan, which is the calm it down phase, the build it up phase and the bridge the gap phase. And then I'll take them through each phase and be like, okay, in the calm it down phase, we're really going to focus on X. And then once we hit this benchmark, we'll move into the build it up phase where the build it up phase is where we're going to start to implement a return to run program. And once you hit these benchmarks, we're going to move here. And then, you know, once we get into bridge the gap, which means just bridging the gap between rehab and performance, you know, we're really going to start layering back in your marathon program and your, you know, your interval training, because we're really going to need to expose you to that type of loading before you go back to running in your program full out. And then I'll talk to them about how in that phase is usually when people fall off of rehab because at that point they're doing a lot of the things they want to do and their pain's down and they may think like hey I don't really need to continue to do this but here's why you need to do it and here's what we're going to do to make sure that you don't end up going back to running too soon flare yourself up and now you know we're back to the start and so that framework is always going to be there and then the 
different uh, or how I would explain it to a different person is going to change. But with that framework, I always have always have something to come back to, which makes it a lot easier for me to communicate the plan to the client, which you guys know that the most important thing is for people to see like where they are and where they want to go and how they're going to get there. And so we really need to have a way to deliver that effectively to the client, because if you don't, then someone just can be like, well, I don't understand why I need to pay you this much money to come here because like I don't see the direction in which this is going right and so it's like those kind of things that you know you have the skills of planning a program but how do you deliver it effectively every like consistently when you see clients is where you don't really learn how to do that in school as effectively as you could in my opinion yeah yeah for sure we definitely do not learn that how to bridge that gap and something that we learned even in you know Andy's mentorship and it's pretty much what you're saying is the idea of you know making bridges with rehab like okay before we run are we able to you know do a single leg plyo before we do a single leg plyo are we able to you know do a squat without pain before a squat are we able to do a quad isometric so just using those bridge isometrics or sorry those bridges to your goal and also communicating that to the client is huge and yeah like i was saying before i think it's it's all about how you communicate that to the client and that's not something that we talk about a lot in school and a lot of times it's like you need to be better at communicating that to a client and have a better process for that than actually the rehab itself like it's not to say that the rehab's not important and like you need to know how to progress a tendon you need to know how to bridge the gap but for like a a runner and implement plyometrics like you definitely need to know that but if you know all of that but you don't have a framework and a way to communicate that effectively to the client it doesn't matter if you know that because they're not going to see why they need to do it yeah that's facts yeah the buy-in is huge Yeah. And so that's a lot of what we talk about. And like, you know, we tie in like sales and marketing into it because we believe as like clinicians, whether you run your own business or whether you're just an individual clinician, like you're selling and marketing yourself every day. Right. And so we talk about, you know, how we view sales and what sales is to us, which is just communicating to people that you have a solution to their problem and then how you're going to do that. And we talk about how we found that learning different ways to sell or position yourself um, from a sales standpoint is actually going to help clients outcomes. Because if you're better able to communicate that and set yourself up in an effective way, the client's going to be more bought in. They're going to see the reason why they need to invest in you. And then that's going to help them continue through a plan of care and actually get to their goals. Versus like, if you don't know how to do that, then you're going to have trouble keeping that person around for a long period of time and have them be willing to invest X amount of dollars into you versus going somewhere else. Um, So those are important things that I think we need to be implementing as clinicians, or at least have an idea of in developing those skills over time, which it is skills that we need to work on uh, over years, really. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I think in school, like one of the biggest things that they try to teach us, which is fair, like you have to be very technical and all that stuff. One of the things, the way that I kind of see the physio practice, is like you have to be first, you have to first be able to identify the problem. And then you have to be able to solve the problem. And then the third part is communication. One of the things that I've learned over like my very short career is the fact that you have to spend a lot of time communicating more than anything. Like the patient's not going to remember most of the technical details of the problem itself. In your head, you're already calculating that. But 
you got to spend a lot more time communicating and meeting, making them understand what the problem is, how are you going to help them solve that problem. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense what you're really doing then. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's what a lot of like, you know, what we go through is, is that. And then once you do that, now how do you keep that client fulfilling through a plan of care? And like, what things mm -hmm. can you do to continue to communicate and set expectations and make sure that they know they're headed in the right direction? That really has nothing to do with like your clinical skills, but it has like, it has everything to do with, okay, I have a check-in a check -in, like um, strategy and I have like an email yeah. that goes out after each initial assessment that I have that explains, here's what we talked about, here's your, what you can expect. You know, you have that type of process in place that continues to have people come through you and see you over time versus like just seeing them once and then hoping they come back, you know? Mm -hmm. In your mentorship, what have you noticed that clinicians are having the most difficulty with when it comes to communicating in this way with their clients? I think the biggest challenge is, is like having um, a way to like communicate an effective plan. Like mm. there's so much going on in your mind as a clinician, especially as a new grad, because you're like, okay, I haven't really seen a lot of people. I'm trying to remember all these different assessment techniques that I learned in school. I'm trying to listen to the person in front of me because I want them to know that I care about what they're saying and I want to communicate to them effectively. And then I'm going to take them out into the gym. We're going to go through all these different objective tests because I think this is what I need to do for the objective testing. And then you go through a bunch of objective tests and you get a bunch of information. It's like, well, now what do I do with this information and how do I communicate this information to the client so they understand? And then you're also pinned by like a time crunch because maybe you only have 45 minutes to do an initial assessment so then you're trying to like cram all this stuff into a short period of time and then before you know it you you want to try and tell this client how you're going to help them but now you don't have any time and your next person's at knocking at the door you know so like creating a framework that you can go to on a consistent basis really helps lay out like how you will structure a subjective portion of your assessment or your follow-up sessions. It'll really help you set up, okay, maybe I only want to hit on a couple different objective tests because I'm going to use that information to drive home the learning point that is going to actually have this client see why they need to commit to working with me. Um, so it just allows you to be more intentional with like what you're doing versus just like doing a bunch of different stuff because you don't really have a framework for how to do it outside of like all these different objective tests and assessment tools and whatnot. What's the biggest strength that you've seen from people that come into your program? That's a good question. I would say, man, I'm, I'm always so impressed with just like the, the knowledge and the, um, understanding of like communication and pain and like, um, you know, different tendon and like like just different principles about how tissues respond like I think back to when I first came out of school and like some of the struggles that I had and you know when I'm talking to like new guy clinicians I'm, I'm always very impressed by their knowledge base and I think a lot of that has to do with like clinicians learning obviously in school but also like seeking out a lot of information through like social media and podcasts and um you know all the great stuff that's being put out about our profession and they come in with so much knowledge it's just like now it's like okay how do we how do we utilize all that knowledge and deliver it in a simple yet effective way to our clients and i think that's what we're hoping to really help bridge is that aspect of it not like 
hey, we're going to provide you with all this knowledge about tendons. Like there's already great people out there that are crushing that. Like we're not going to do that. Um, so I think that's what I'm really continually impressed by, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, now, um, I'm going to kind of change gears a little bit with this question, but um, can you tell us or tell the audience? I, I, I actually went through this post, but... Tell the audience about how you are Ferrari stuck in ice and how we can utilize that in our lives. Yeah, this guy, this guy's been pulling content from my Instagram page. Um, yeah, I, I actually just experienced that not that long ago because um, I'm trying to learn how to swim, man, and it's hard. <laughs> so, I, uh, and I'm a big dude, so like, and I've always been like a bigger, stronger dude. So I think I've gotten away. I've always, I would always utilize that strength. And the one thing that's very humbling about swimming is it doesn't really matter how strong you are um, if you don't know how to actually do the form and move correctly. So, my my swim coach had brought that up to me, and it, it made me laugh, and I, I got me thinking about this idea of like you know, why it's important to get external feedback or even just be reflective on your own as to like what you're doing and um, some of the things maybe that you could learn or do better that would actually enhance your ability. So in this situation, you know, me stepping back and learning and being more effective with my form is going to then actually make me such a better swimmer because once I get some of that, even if I get a little bit better at that form and then I can layer my strength onto it, it's going to make me so much better of a swimmer. And the same thing can be said in most areas of your life. Like if you take a step back and look at, okay, here's what I do really well. And maybe here's where there's some things that we could improve on or, or enhance and then layer that back onto the strength that I already have. Like that's going to really move you forward. And I think that can be, in most areas of your life, whether that be, you know, a physical endeavor, you know, trying to learn how to write, trying to do a podcast, trying to improve your relationships. Like, I think that kind of transcends all those areas. I just want to reiterate for the audience that his swim coach, Dalton's swim coach, thinks that uh, Dalton's a Ferrari. Just, just saying. Yeah. And I was very appreciative of that. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I took that as a compliment. I'm always trying to take oh, like, 100%. The, I'm always trying you to take the good. Car, you you want to be a Ferrari. You don't want to yeah. be, uh, I don't want to say any, any car names because if anyone drives it, then everyone's going to be a Ferrari. <laughs> but, but you want to be a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, was, I was appreciative of that comment, but um, yeah. That's funny, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Uh, we know you gotta head out soon, so just wanted to ask you: What are your future plans with with your clinic, with the podcast? What what's in the future for you? That's a great question. You know, one thing that uh, that I've learned over the last well three years, starting a business and then you know putting out content since. 2017 it's like you're always trying to think of like oh what's the next thing what can I add what can I do more of and I think like right now with where we're at with you know our clinic the mentorship the podcast the the content the team we're building here it's like I'm actually trying not to do any anything more <laughs> um just really trying to like refine and build on what we have I think it's taken us you know five six years to really get a solid base of what we want to do with the movement from all aspects and now it's about just building that and refining it and improving it and working on that so i think that's the the thing that i'm trying to focus on the most for the future and it's actually not about adding more it's about just trying to stay focused on like what we do have which is very very challenging um when you're when you're moving and moving through like developing yourself or your business or or anything like that in life 
great message. It's great stuff. Willita, anything else you wanted to ask? Or There's a lot of things out. Yeah, I always want to ask a lot of things, but... Yeah, unfortunately, I'll, I'll he, put a, right he put us on a time constraint. <laughs> Sorry, boys, I know. And I honestly, like, oh, I'm not that big of a deal. Like, I'm not that busy, but... <laughs> I just have you're, a, you're I, a big deal. You're no, a big deal. I'm really, I'm really not. I wish you're, I was. You're a Ferrari. Hell <laughs> yeah. You're a Ferrari, man. <laughs> I love that. I think we gotta like say that in the mirror to ourselves when we wake up. Yeah, those positive. I'm, I'm a fucking I'm just, Ferrari. I'm a Ferrari. I'm just stuck in ice right now. Hey, exactly. Yeah, there you go. I love it. That's exactly. that's the billboard message, Prab. That's the billboard message. <laughs> mm, there you go. I'm a Ferrari, but I'm just stuck in ice right now. Right now is the key. Right that's, now. That is the key. You spin it enough, the ice will melt. And then, ha, ha, man, there you go. Man, yo, we can use this for our clients too. Yo, that's a that's a gem. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yo, shout out my swim coach. <laughs> Big shout, shout out. <laughs> Big shout out communication. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We, we would love to have you on again when you, you know, are uh, you know deeper into the mentorship process and you know whatever the new initiatives you got going on. We'd love to love to have you on again. But um, yeah, for sure. For for everyone in the audience, we're gonna leave all of our links, all of Dalton's links, in the um in the bio, and also you can DM him or us for any more information regarding his mentorship. Dalton, yeah. anything else you wanted to leave us off with before we head out? No, that's it, guys. I really appreciate it. And I just want to give you guys a shout out for, for leaning into this and doing a podcast and putting yourself out there. I think it uh, it's great. And I, I think more people need to do this if it's something that they're really passionate about. Um, so, so keep leaning into that. Keep doing your thing. Um, and uh, I look forward to maybe meeting up in person as I found you guys aren't too far from me now. So we should definitely link up. Sure. Amazing. Yep. That'll be great. Love it. Sweet. 100%. Hamilton, Hamilton, we come. Let's go. Hamilton, we come. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. This has been the PT right. Lens Podcast. Make sure yep. to tune in for the next one. And yes, catch sir. you guys later.